me and then you and me connected on social media and it was it's just been like a domino effect you know speaking with chill stone and it's like the godfather of wrestling and mma and then you got freaking luke rockhold and everybody's so friendly in the industry man excluding those are, you those are, those are all my children baby yes all right oh man i know Every it one of them. yeah they, they love you man they love you i've i've never heard anything really negative about you i know the ufc and you parted ways that was a unfortunate yeah. You know, how do you feel today about that? How do you feel uh, with everything you got going on? Any any regrets, or you think it was all blessing in disguise? Well, there's so much so much other things going on right now that that you know you have so many other things to concentrate on. Mm -hmm. uh, I still I still very much keep up with everything, and still very much keep up with everybody. Yeah. You know, the 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 that that whole. MMA family is my family. Yeah. And like anything else, it's, it's like a fraternity. When they let you in there, you're in there. Mm -hmm. You know, but they got to <laughs> let you, they got to let you in there. You got to earn your stripes uh, first. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I, you know, I've, I've kept my, I've kept my ties and kept my communications with everybody. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Good. Kind of moving and transitioning through everything. Yeah. You know, you, my, um, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I know you uh, You obviously have a great relationship with all the fighters that you've worked with for so many years in the UFC. I was going to, you kind of half answered something I was wanting to ask you was, you know, out of all the new guys, is there somebody that you wish you had the chance to work with? Or do you, like you said, you kind of already, you're still in that circle and you still chat with everybody. So. No, no, I, I watch and I keep abreast of everything because Right now, with the space I'm in, uh, I tried my hand for a, uh, a minute at uh, promoting. I did Bert, I've got Burt Watson promotions. You know, it, it's good to wear your own name across your chest, baby. You know? <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> you know, you I'm know. I'm there. It, it's it's and 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 not be ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I keep I keep abreast of everyone and. I keep abreast of what they're doing today and how they're functioning through everything and through the pandemic and still continuing to have events. Mm -hmm. And I, I sit and I look, I never really ever really sat and looked at a fight for the fight itself. Mm -hmm. I always looked at a fight for the aesthetics and everything that was going on around. Them. If the light to the left of the cage was too bright, if the camera spot on the round side of the cage was too high and I thought that cameraman was too far over, you know, things mm -hmm. like that, that I looked at. So I still keep an eye on those things. And the one thing that I do see is that when I, when I did start with the UFC, I was my introduction to MMA. I had no idea of MMA or no, no real feel for it, but being in boxing, I was in combat sports. So I was allowed to come in and bring in the system that I was already working with and create another system that they could work with. Mm -hmm. So I came in and I created everything that I did, every, every single thing that I did and every single thing that everyone else did, mm -hmm. specifically the fighters and their camps and you know how they got from point A to point B to point C the point D and E without getting F. Mm -hmm. I just made that one up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you did, you did, you set the blueprint for how things no. work and you know, yeah. you, 
you've been a, a staple in the game and I'm sure a lot of people would love to kind of get your insight on, especially in these times with COVID going on and, yeah. you know, trying to keep events going. Has anybody reached out to you or tried to pick your brain or anything like that? I've had, I've had numerous conversations with different people mm -hmm. on, on, on certain ideas and suggestions of certain things. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, you know, I, I've always maintained you know, you take care of your body and your mind, it'll take care of you. And I've always maintained a safe haven, uh, not only because I was, I always ran 150 miles an hour, but also because I'm 150 years old. So, you know, I had to, I had to, to, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta keep myself right. So I was getting, you know, various phone calls and questions and suggestions on on operational things and you know a couple of times I was asked to travel and I I didn't get on a plane yeah uh, uh, earlier earlier on when 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 the UFC first started to take shots you know and, and chancing you know producing shows and everyone else started to do it and I was I was getting calls then but yeah. a lot of the system that 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 they're they're going through now and that they're working through you know the process that they're working through now is is a system that i created yeah and it was a system designed for any type of weather designed for any type any weight category designed for male female groups of females groups of males one organization put his name on it or another organization puts his name on it. The system is always the same. And I'm, 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 I'm very happy to see that that same system is being used throughout the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, certain things down, you know, down to the walk to the cage and the greasing up the fighters and the way they do it and the way fighters are, are set up in the dressing rooms. And, yeah. You know, and I know you're, you're telling the truth because even Dana White came out at some point during all the madness and said, you know, other promotions have been reaching out to us for, you know, our blueprint and how we're doing things. So it just shows back to back to the man, you know, it all trickles down. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people would have uh, paid some money to talk to you this last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as I said, I had, I had some phone calls and I gave some, some input and, it was it was good because I always had a system set up that allowed the fighter to matriculate through the system unimpeded by its by his training, his weight cutting exercise, his his group and his camp of people around him and his family and him getting into that cage and him going home. So the system that I set up, was able to withstand all of those things and see that all of those things happened. Uh, mm -hmm. It was it was it was uh, interesting. It was very interesting because I also learned a lot. Yeah. And and not just not just through MMA, but <clears throat> through boxing. You know, I learned how to work with fighters and set up workout rooms and how not to set up workout rooms and <laughs> how to set up dressing rooms and how not to set up dressing rooms. And, and, and I was also responsible for travel for the fighters, putting fighters on the plane and buying tickets, having fighters travel together and having fighters not travel together, <laughs> which is very tricky 
when you try to matriculate somebody through an airport that you have no idea what it looks like. Yeah, okay. that sounds tricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I made a system out of it, and 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 getting fighters in a hotel, and making sure that, you know, if if you and I were were the main event on Saturday, we didn't get to a hotel on Tuesday, and your room was right next to mine or across from mine. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you you had to had to really make sure. And yeah. the higher the, the the higher level, the more intense it got. And the more attention you had to pay to it, but I learned that from my days with Joe Frazier mm-hmm. and my boxing days of coordinating events for Mike Tyson and Sugar Ray Leonard and Oscar De La Hoya and Roy Jones and mm-hmm. Tito Trinidad and Camacho Camacho and Roberto Duran. <laughs> I, I can stop naming them. No, but, you. I mean, that's a heck of a lineup. In coordinating those fights. For those guys, I learned, mm-hmm. you know, feet to the fire, baby. And the UFC is so new at that point, you know, when they're working with you where nobody on their side had as much experience or wisdom in those type of things as you did. But I wanted to ask you, you bring up boxing. What were some of the biggest differences that you faced in the UFC as far as challenges go that you didn't have in boxing? Weight categories. Mm-hmm. People making weights. Mm-hmm. Okay, in boxing, you have you have weight categories in boxing. You have weight categories in MMA. But in boxing, if I had a boxing event on a Saturday and a fighter showed up on a Monday or a Tuesday for that a boxing event on Saturday and he was five pounds overweight, whoa! Everybody freaked out. The fight was almost not going to happen. <laughs> you know, for five pounds. When I got to MMA and I started working with grapplers and wrestlers, which I had never done before, I saw a guy lose as much as 26 pounds in one week. Mm-hmm. That freaked me out, baby. <laughs> it freaked me. It freaked me out when I had a guy. My very first fight was UFC 30. Okay. It freaked me out when I put a guy on a scale, and the fight was Saturday, and he was 10 pounds over. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what? Yeah. Uh, so th- that and but, you know, I also know and I knew at the time, OK, I probably need to try to understand this shit because that that professional guy didn't come here to, 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 to make a make weight and be 10 pounds over and not know he could do it. Yeah. So there's something I'm missing. <laughs> so, I, so I went on and I weighed everybody else and I I kept I kept seeing the variance between five and 10 pounds. And then they got some of them 10 to 12 pounds. And, and it was everybody. Yeah. So at that point, I knew that the problem was me and not them. <laughs> There's something going on here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had to I had to understand that. And that was quite an adjustment mm-hmm. to see that. Uh, uh, and, and I eventually found out that wrestlers, grapplers, are used to cutting weight mm-hmm. and used to cutting a, a lot of weight or a large yeah. amount of weight. I'll tell you, bro. I There's wrestled. No problem. Yeah, I, I wrestled in high school. I cut weight. You know, I would drop, you know, I'd drop like 10 pounds in a, in a week if I needed to. And it would be tough. And, uh, but, you know, when you get to this level, these guys have started over the years. It's like scientific. Like they're sucking out, like you said, 20 something pounds. Yeah. And, you're talking days and then they're replenishing and putting it back on. I mean, in high school, I would just 
go go to the bathroom, take a nap, run as much as I can, and pray it all came off. You know. What See, I'm also saying? in high school, you're 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 a prune. Okay. Uh -huh. You're you're not a full you're not a full apricot. Okay. Oh no. You're just a little raisin. Yeah. So so your body is is very adjustable and very adaptable to certain mm -hmm. things. When you get to when you get past 18 and 19, yeah. your body starts to change and it starts to take full form and it mm -hmm. gets harder. I think the only thing, only person I didn't learn how to cut weight on was myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but everybody else, I learned every single trick in the yeah. book I with bet. these guys on cutting weight and how to cut weight. What did I'm you that, go ahead? Oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I want to take that a step further. The most disrespectful thing you can do is not make weight. Mm -hmm. There's no excuse in my mind now that I'm 20 some years into MMA. Mm -hmm. There is it 20 some? Yeah. <laughs> there, <laughs> Time there, flies when you're having fun. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is being on weight. First of all, being on time. Secondly, being respectful and making weight. There is no excuse for you not to do those three things as a professional. None. Absolutely. None. I, I don't care if you took a fight on a day's notice. Took it. That's on you. Amen. If I you agree. know there's a fight going on and you know you're close and in that area and you're on that roster, it's your night, your fight, and you better be right. That's right. That's there's, right. no, there's no excuse baby you mm. know so i i have no you know when when and and i'm very you know uh uh i learned the hard way because i ran into a few instances that was lived in infamy in my head about weight cutting that i would that that made me to a point that that would never happen to bird watson again and you know my my one of the first ones, and, and I don't usually mention names because they're all my kids. And I, I know that about you. Kid, I don't want one kid to get mad because I didn't mention his name, or another kid get mad because I mentioned his name. But being the dad, I'm gonna mention whose name I want to mention right now. All right, I like <laughs> okay. it. But when 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 Travis Luter fought Anderson Silver for the title, and he, he didn't make that weight. That was my first big punch in the gut. And at that point, I said, never, ever, ever, ever again. So from that point, I started, when they got off a plane and came to an event, the first face they saw was mine. The second face they saw was a scale. Okay, <laughs> certified scale. Okay, that's the first thing I did. And I checked that weight and I went from the weight to their eyes. Okay, yeah, I see what you see. We need to work on that. And I and that became a habit that became a part of the system. The first thing they did, some guy would come in and 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 get in the hall and wouldn't come into the office to drop their bags. Cause they knew I was coming to get them, take them on that scale. Mm. They were waiting for Bert to yeah, come get them, right. take them on that scale. Oh, and man. and I made that a system, and that system carried on through the course of the week. That system cost me to prepare to have 
a minimum of three scales at every event mm. and all three of them certified the day I get there by the state or athletic commission or a certified scale person. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that that was there and that that scale was accessible to everybody 24 hours a day. Mm. And dare I not go in a room and somebody's got his big ass sitting on a scale, mm. sitting on a scale. Okay. <laughs> you can sit on it. If we're sitting in a room together and that's how you check your weight. Yeah. Some guys, if it's a meat scale, some guys sit on it and cross, but you're sitting, you're sitting facing. If I mm-hmm. come and you're sitting facing this way, you're on that scale wrong, bro. You need to get your butt up, okay? <laughs> so so that that was a thing that I had to, I got, I had to get used to and I had to make adjustments and I had to create a system that was not only comfortable for me, but comfortable for everybody else. Right on. Because yeah. it, it, it had to be, and you know what? It, it worked. And not only did I check it all during the week, every day, but I also created a system which now is their primary system, mm-hmm. weigh-in day yeah. from eight o'clock in the morning until 10 or 11, every weigh-in day, I had the scale available for a fighter to come and check his weight and me to fit their gloves. Mm. I, would, I would fit their gloves, put their gloves, and I would roll their gloves up, put their names on so that when they came to a fight, they had rolled gloves, which mm. I know probably nobody does. Bird, I mean, that's that's something you did fantastic. All that we talk about the design and everything that you had going on. You think you we can agree you're the best. And but something that I don't think is talked about as much is the mental aspect that you brought. You know, you got all these guys trying to make weight. Like you said, it's not an easy task. Guys are missing weight. And we see it today. Right. We see how many people miss weight today you know and but we take it back a step and i remember being a youngster watching the ufc and listening to you we rolling i i loved it and i know the fighters all say the same thing so talk about the mental aspect that you you probably prided yourself in bringing these guys and and motivating them not just giving them the resources but giving them mental edge the the entire process for a fighter is 75 percent mental you know, the, the, the commitment is mental. The intestinal fortitude is mental. The training is mental. The learning of special skills and technique are mental. And then when you come the week of a fight, you're a mental case. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Okay. And I mean that with the sincerest of heart because all that mental went through what you had to do to get to that week of the fight. So I have to understand that and work with that and make sure that a fighter's mental state was secure enough for him to cut weight, for him to make weight, and for him to get in that cage or that boxing ring and compete. So back in my career, I'll tell you something, a short story. Back in my career, I did a show uh, for a major promoter uh, in in California, and and this was boxing. And I worked with Don King, Lou Duva, Showtime, HBO, uh, DeBella, Cedric, and I said those four because it's one of those, so I won't have to mention the name, (laughs) okay? But they had a fight in California, and they brought a fighter in. Back then, 
fighters were being paid between 40 and $100 a round, <laughs> regardless of who you fought or how tough the fight was. If you were a four or six round fighter, you got between 40 and $100 a round. So this kid came in from California and he got in the ring and he fought his booty off. Lost the fight, but he put up a good fight. At the end of the fight, he came to get his paycheck. Now his paycheck was $400. His medical was 220. They took the medicals out of his paycheck and took a $50 cab ride or whatever it was out of his paycheck. So that kid had a check for $170. And he came to me crying, Mr. Burke, how could they do this to me? Or what am I going to do? I'm, you know, and, and I was shocked. And, but looking at him and I'm like, whoa, that's all you got? And that's what he said, this is what they gave me. So I, I ran my hand in my pocket and I had $110 and I gave him the hundred. And I told him, I said, let me tell you something. That's the best, that's the best I got. And that's the best you're gonna get for tonight. But I can guarantee you, you work with me again. I will never let that happen to you again. And I made a point from that point on, I would never, ever let another promoter or anybody mistreat the fighter take or get into his medal. Mm. From that point on, it was, it was, it was all fighters for me. Mm. All fighters all day, every day, anywhere, anyway. All fighters. And that's when I started, everything I started to do and everything I started to create was created for the fighter was created around the fighter. And I tell them, I can F with you, but I'm not gonna let anybody else F with you, baby. So I got you, but what you gotta do, I'm gonna respect you, but you gotta respect me. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. And guess what? We'll get to that cage, we'll get out of that cage, and we'll get you home and get you back here for another fight mm -hmm. and feeling good about it. So I made that up, I made that a conscientious effort to work specifically with fighters, and, and, and it worked. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I come from Philly. I'm a hood rat. I come from a large family. You know, I went to a small college in Nebraska and ended up in the Marine Corps during the Vietnam era, mm -hmm. you know? So I learned a lot of those working together and taking care of the guy next to you and the guy you can't see because he, mm -hmm. he got a gun behind you and he's going to have to have your back. And you might not even be able to look at him. Mm -hmm. But you got to take care of him. So I made it an effort. All those things combined, boss, in my head, in my heart, to take care of the fighters. Man, I had them. <laughs> I, I, had, I had them, and I had, I had them down. And You know, fighters, they have a fraternity. You know, and, and when they let you in there, boy, you're in and you're mm -hmm. in good. I went to a, <laughs> I went to a dressing room once, and a commissioner came in. Uh, is this is this rated PG or can I can I can I oh, say my let name? it let it fly, baby. I went went into a room once, and and the commissioner came in, and the fighter was sitting down, and the commissioner wanted the fighter to move from the door, out of the way, because every time the commissioner came in the door, he walked around the fighter. 
Now that dressing room's not for the commission, mm-hmm. okay? But I, you know, I, I I held on to that. I held on to that. But he walked in and 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 he told the fighter, "Hey, get your stuff up and move over on the other side." That fighter said, "Who the f- are you talking to?" <laughs> and he stood up. Who are you talking to? Luckily, I was in the room. So I walked over to him and I said, whoa, whoa, who the blank you talking to? Do you know who this is? I said that to the fighter. Yeah. Now I didn't mean that, but I said that to the fighter. Having his back. The commission. Mm-hmm. And I said, you stay here, son, till I get back. And I took the commissioner outside. I said, can I talk to you a second? I took him, and I said, sir, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. I said, if there's anything you ever want to say to any of these fighters in any way that doesn't involve a piss test or or a paycheck, come to me. I said, because I can communicate it better than you can. Because mm-hmm. if I didn't step into this now, you probably would have got an ass whooping. <laughs> okay. And I stepped and I went back, I went back into the dressing room and I said to them, I said, listen, baby. There's one voice in here, one voice. And if you don't hear that voice, it don't count. And I walked out of the room. Mm. You really you really have been uh, the, the, a fighter's uh, person, man, thinking through yes, all, all the way. Um, and, and, you know, we, we love to watch it. The fighters love to experience it. You know, there's a lot, you, like you said, you come from the boxing realm um, and there's, there's some fighters doing some funny things over there right now. And I wanted to kind of get your take on it. I don't know if someone's asked you this yet, but I, I didn't see anything. Do you, you know, being a fighter's person, seeing, you know, the Paul brothers and what they're putting out here and, and the YouTube guys and how they're getting in with Askren and now Floyd's going to fight the big brother. You know, what do you take of, of, of that? You know, do you think it's, are you on the side where it's like, hey, money's money and they're, they're winning? Or are you kind of like, man, this is, a, this is kind of a slight at the craft? I used to think about it, not criticize it. I used to think about it. One fighter going somewhere else or an entertainer doing this or doing that. But then as time grew, sports became entertainment. All of sports became entertainment. However you decide to put that entertainment on, it became entertainment. Then sports became big money. Mm -hmm. And I believe in the athletes making money Mm -hmm. legally, however you can do it, however you have to do it. And in terms of retiring and retirement, you know how I'm, I'm 72 years old, bro. <laughs> and I got I got another 10 years to go before I retire unless the good Lord decides to stop me. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to let somebody tell me that I need to retire. Imagine a 34-year-old athlete, somebody saying they have to retire. Yeah. Or you got to quit because you can no longer do it. I said all that to say to you that I have no qualms with these athletes crossing over and making money and le- and doing it legitimately, getting health checks, getting checked. You know, let me tell you something, regardless of who it is, if you get in there once and you get one good ass whooping, you're done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not for anybody getting hurt. 
Uh, I'm not for anybody not doing it medically, but I haven't. When when Conor McGregor did that with with uh, Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. you know what? It was entertainment. Yeah. It was money. It was entertainment. You know, this thing with Ben Astrin and and one of the Paul brothers. It's entertainment and it's money. The thing with Mike with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. It was entertainment and money. So, and 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 you're not you're not taking people that totally don't know what they're doing. That have never ever ever put on a pair of gloves. Even though these guys are YouTubers, you know, they've had gloves on and they've done things before. And there's going to be certain rules. Mm-hmm. They're going to be rules by the state athletic commission and others to make sure. But no, I have no qualms with these guys making money that way, putting on events like that, and and doing it for entertainment purposes. Right on, bro. That's awesome. I, I'm kind of, I kind of did the same cycle with my thoughts at first. I was like, oh, what the heck? And then I kind of came to the same, same point as you. Look, I appreciate you coming on today. I think it's going to cut me off because I said it for 30 minutes, but hopefully we can, we can shoot the breeze again soon. My name's Breeze. This is the Breeze, the MMA Breeze show. So thanks for hopping on. I'll send this over your way. And, you know, maybe uh, after some time we can, we can hop on and do it again. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. I'm always available, babe, and I appreciate doing this. And before I go, I just want to say to everybody, make sure you check out Legends to Legends with Burt Watson on MMA Junkie, baby. And I'm oh. on social media, Burt Watson for real. Check me out, baby. Your night, your fight, get it right. That's right. Thanks so much, Burt. You take care. Well, we'll chat pleasure. soon. Pleasure, Breeze. <laughs>